second half of the NFL season is here, and those young QBs are putting on a show. But who's the best team? This is when we separate the pretenders from the contenders. And you can follow that story every Sunday with the NFL on CBS. Welcome back to Fourth and Forever. Excited about this guest this week. Pro Bowler, uh, voted to his first Pro Bowl, number 54, linebacker. He's a Southern California native. A linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers, Fred Warner. Welcome to the show. Thanks for making time, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you. We're going to get into a million things, but most importantly, our favorite segment. We just invented it just for you. It's called Guess the Goat Behind the Quote. Obviously, the GOAT acronym for greatest of all time, but these are things that people have said about you Fred, can you guess who said this? I'm going to read the quote first. They use he, obviously talking about you, does so many things at a high level. That is the best linebacker in ball right there. Do you know who said that? I think I do. I think that was my guy, Tony Romo. He uh, said some nice, some flattering things. He did. He did. That was was really nice of him. He did. Okay, this just in. Fred Warner reads his own press clippings, but they That's don't right. affect his performance on the field. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Here's another one for you. He is by far the best middle linebacker in football. It's not even close, in my opinion, with what he does and what we ask him to do. Total giveaway. And his energy, <laughs> his positive energy, his leadership, his off-the-field stuff. You can't make them like that. Not very often, anyway. Who said that? Man, that he, this guy says those type of things to me on a day-to-day basis. So probably uh, Mr. Coach Sala. You know, that's my guy. Coach that's Sala. my guy. Two for, for sure. two. Yes, sir. Two for two. I got to ask you a couple questions about him, but I want to play this video first. This one is it, dude, because this is one of the goats himself. Post game, let, let's roll this clip for you. I'm happy for you, man. I appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it, bro. Name recognition means too much. Ain't nobody better. Appreciate it, bro. For real. I appreciate that for real. That means a lot. That means a lot, bro. For real. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fred, I mean, that was just like a total love fit. What was going on there? Do you you got pictures of him that nobody else can see or something? What's going on? <laughs> nah, man. I don't. I mean, you see in the moment. I didn't really even know what to say. I was kind of in shock. I was just like, "Hey, appreciate it. Appreciate it, dude." <laughs> Uh, you know, it was, man, that meant the world to, you know, hear that from a guy like him, a future, uh, you know, gold jacket guy and somebody who's played at an MVP level this season. It's, it means a lot. It means the world. That was awesome. And I, I mean, I've heard him talk about Devonte Adams like that, but not another player and, you know, another player on the team that knocked them out of the NFC championship that kept them from going to the Super Bowl. So Clearly, he thinks the world of you. Okay, so you have this conversation with Aaron Rodgers, and I want to go completely opposite end of the spectrum because there's a psychological warfare that goes on during these games. And some of the greatest athletes of all time, Michael Jordan, Kobe, were known to be amazing trash talkers. And they had this ability to get in the heads of their opponents. So people are saying all these nice things about you. But on this show, we're going to unmask you and let people know that you're really a jerk on the field. What is that all That's about? Right. Just, what is that all about? Because you like to talk. Is that is that for you? Are you talking like you're you're obviously directing your words at someone else? But is that motivating for you, or are you just trying to like ruin their Sunday? Explain some of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's not it's not a, t- a a ton of trash talk. You know, I try to 
I do try to give an extra little nudge or if I'm getting up off a pile, I might try and apply a little bit more pressure. And it's just, it's just those little yeah. things that are, that are little, they're just little, but they just annoy the heck out of somebody, you know? And uh, <laughs> it's just me just having fun out there trying to get any type of edge I can, I guess, you know? I love that. So you'd never believe it now, but um, I used to be like sixth, seventh man on our basketball team. Mm. Uh, I would go in, use all five of my fouls. I would inbound the ball, chuck it down the court if I could to give us easy, you know, fast break opportunities. And my job was to use all five fouls on the opposing team's big man. And so mm. I would sprint down the court and take his position in the block so he'd have to be a couple feet farther away. Our guys would be shooting free throws and they should have the low position and I'd go stand in the low position until somebody moved me. And then when I did get moved, I'd like wipe my sweat on the guy. If I ran through a pick, I'm grabbing the other guy's wrist and throwing it down, looking at the ref like, hey man, he's holding me, you know? Mm -hmm. And the whole idea was just to get their guy out of his rhythm. Out of his out of his comfort zone, just to piss him off because that guy's going to score thirty points on us if we just let him. So that was that was my goal. I see a little bit of that in you, and I love it when I watch you play. I love it, just the extra little nudge. You know, you come through the middle of the field, you ain't going through here without a little uh, little something. You know, so that that fires me up. And then talk to me more about your mindset because you're obviously a competitive guy. You want the edge. You want to be. You know, you're physically strong but mentally as well. I know you've worked with a mental coach and, and sports psychologist in the past. What what was that experience like and how has that helped you on the field? Yeah, I think the game is just so mental, right? You know, it, it is about the, the physicality part of it and uh, you're playing against some of the most talented, physically gifted people in the entire world, you know, but I think it, it's, I think it's 90% mental because when you're out there, things are moving so quick and uh, there is that, that mindset part to it. And I think working with a, uh, you know, with a psych coach and uh, trying to get my mind right just to really just be in the moment, you know, not letting the outside factors affect how I play on the field and just really taking it one rep at a time while I'm out there so I can maximize that rep, uh, you know. And so and, and it all uh, begins at, in practice, you know, at the beginning of the week. That's how you prepare for the game to be able to perform uh, at such a high level. I love that. And it looks like by the time the game arrives you're literally like jumping out of your skin ready to roll are you one of those guys that needs like the first physical hit like you want to knock somebody out or you want to get knocked on the ground one time or how does it work like where you know like all right i'm in the game it's on let's roll do you know that in warm-ups or does it have to like the whistle has to blow what is it never never do i want to be on the ground knocked on the ground i'll say that <laughs> you know? but I do, I do like it when we we happen to win the coin toss and we get to go out there first on defense, just to get that because you want to get that first hit in, just to like be, just to kind of just settle in and be yeah. like, okay, boom, I'm ready to go. Like got that first hit in, you know, I'm oh I'm always ready to go as soon as we run out that tunnel, my, my mind's locked in, I'm I'm ready for whatever. I love that. So us wimpy quarterbacks, sometimes you know we like to get an easy completion, get things rolling, and then you know just get touched a little bit enough to kind of fall down, mm -hmm. you know, stumble a little bit, and yeah. then I'm like, all right, cool. My jersey's dirty. I'm in the game. Let's roll. Okay, let's roll. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Just from our perspective. So you can take that and throw it in the trash. It's all good. But let's talk about some teams. You guys had some um, some struggles this year, but you, the 49ers and the Eagles, were in some tough scenarios this past weekend. And the way the Eagles handled it, at least from an outsider's perspective, it seemed a little strange. Have guys been talking about that? Have, have you... Have you seen what they did where they took Jalen Hurts out and put in Sudfeld at the end of the game? It seemed a little weird, no? 
Yeah, no, it, it did seem strange. I, I don't even know all the all the details behind it, you know, but I did hear about how yeah. they did take Jalen out and Jalen's a you know, obviously a talented young player. I don't know the reasoning for why they took him out or, or you know, different things. Obviously there's been speculation and uh different things coming out in the media, but you know, as a competitor, I'm always, you know, trying to I want whatever is best for the team, you know, any given game, any given moment. So yeah. I'm not sure how it went down, how what happened or you know, or what, you know. So I, I can't really uh, speak too much on it. But uh, I did I did hear about it for sure. Yeah. And did you happen to see Joe Judge, the head coach of the New York Giants, talk about it at all? No, I didn't. No. Okay. So he, I mean, he brought up some amazing points and he's talking about, I mean, he went off. He was obviously emotional and upset and if the Eagles win, I mean, the Giants are in the playoffs mm-hmm. and the Washington football team were giving him every opportunity to win the game. And in the last drive of the game, you take out the quarterback who's kept you in this game and put in your backup. But then after the game, you're talking about, hey, we're playing to win. It just seemed a little backwards. And then Joe Judge was like, you know, you're undermining all the sacrifices that everybody's made around the league and he brought up a great point about hey i know you want to gather with your families for christmas and thanksgiving and all these holidays and stuff but this football thing is really big and really important right now we're making a push for the playoffs let's put all that on hold and put your focus on the football team and avoid those people so we can focus on the task at hand and that's winning football games getting in the playoffs he brought up the 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 notion of hey i know it's your wife's birthday but let's just celebrate that in the off season i mean these are sacrifices that people are making so when you pull your starter like that or your the guy who started the game who's helping win the game it feels like you undermine some of those things and those goals and values and and things that you asked other people to do it just seems so backwards so i feel like there's so much backlash around the league if you're a head coach, I mean, what's your move right there? Right, and I think if 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 the intent truly was to try and just get get the game over with, to get to the off season, to celebrate whatever, anything other than that moment, that game, then you're obviously out of line. And um, you know, this this game is so is so physically demanding, mentally, especially this year, mentally being away from your families and having to deal with the whole COVID situation, lots of injuries around the league, and there's a lot of sacrifice being made and. Um, we're competitors at the end of the day. We want to. We play this game to win, um, you know. And so, like I said, the only person that knows the true intent is the people in that building, um, you know. And that's. I think that's all there is to it. You, you gotta look yourself uh, in the mirror and say if you if you gave your if, knowing you gave it your all or not. No doubt. Well said. Um, let's get to a happier uh, theme here and let's talk about playoffs because you know all about playoffs you picked off Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl man I mean you're the guy (laughs) so uh, one of these years hopefully next year you guys are going to win a freaking Super Bowl and and all your efforts will be rewarded they are starting to be individually but as a team I know you guys are hungry for that next step I see that in your future but let's talk about some of these teams on this crazy wildcard weekend, I mean, it is uh, six games now for fans. They're loving this. And the Seahawks and the Rams, these are teams that makes up a quarter of your guys' schedule. Let's start with the Seahawks. What What's the most important thing when you play this team? And, and how do you see them matching up with one of your other divisional rivals, the Rams? Yeah, Seattle, they're just, I mean, they, they continue to, to just win every single year. I mean, it doesn't matter. They do it in all different types and fashions. I think it all starts and ends with, with number three at quarterback. You know, Russell Wilson is such a special player, and he's been doing it, playing at such a high level for a really long time now. 
And, you know, they might start off the game a little slow, like similar to how uh, this past game when we played them. You know, they start off a little slower trying to get the run game going. Yeah. And then towards that fourth quarter is when he really turns it on, you know, and he he's able to extend plays with his legs and make the throws that he needs to make, get the other guys involved in the offense. That's the guy. And their defense is, start, is starting to really uh, turn it on here late in the season, which is exactly uh, where you need it the most is, you know, in playoff football. So they're going to do, you know, really well. And the, the Rams, on the other hand, I know they have Jared kind of going through that, that thumb situation. So that'll be the thing to see with them. And it, yeah. it look, it look, if you're the coach, if you're the coach right now, who are you playing, Walford or – Goff, what do we do? Oh, easily you're playing Goff. If Goff is capable, he's and he's able to to throw the ball. You you play you play a franchise quarterback, no doubt. Uh, you know that's yeah. that's the one that's going to win you games. The playoffs they are a little different. You know it's playoff football now. The games are obviously you win or you go you, you win or you go home. So you want to stick with the guy that that got you there. Um, and it looked like they they looked a little overwhelmed against Seattle. That that uh. That second to last game of the season. So I think they, they got to really bring it to to have a chance to win in the game. Yeah, and what does Coach Salah say about each offense? I mean, when he sees a receiver like DK Metcalf and then a complimentary guy, Tyler Lockett, what does he say about those kind of guys? I mean, does he... Does he talk about, like, holy cow, I mean, these guys are a great one-two punch, or does he say, hey, man, this is what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to lock these dudes up. What What's his kind of approach? Like, does he tear down the team does he build up the team how does he how does he uh how does he coach that way because i know a lot of people are looking at him for uh for head coaching positions no yeah we always give our opponents respect you know we know exactly um uh, you know who the playmakers are who their key guys are and those those two uh being their biggest receiving threats and dk and, and tyler um dk having a, the, an amazing ste- amazing season uh only in his second year and he's just a you know like a just an alien in terms of just the physical capabilities, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and Lockett been, has been doing it for a long time. He's always just kind of stayed right under the radar, but he's just as, as consistent as yeah. they come and can run all the routes in the route tree, uh, finds ways to get open and make the, make the big plays down the field. So, yeah, I mean, and solid is very, uh, aware of that, you know, he, he, ma- he makes it known that these are guys that we got to look out for before we go and play, uh, these guys. And then a guy like Russell Wilson, when we talk about uh, trying to get in people's head, I mean, he seems like such a nice guy. Like, how do you talk smack to Russell Wilson? Like, what do you say to him? That's that's a great question. I still haven't tried. I, I really haven't figured it out yet. I'm still, you know, kind of trying to work around it. He, he's one of those guys you go to the coin toss and he lets you know how great of a year you've had and how fun it is to watch you and compete against you and says all these yeah. nice things. And it's like, damn, yeah. like, what am I supposed to say to that? You know, but... In the in the game, you just gotta you got you gotta overwhelm him by getting him on the ground, you know, that by letting him touch that dirt a little bit. Yeah. That's that's the way you get after him. In your opinion, who do you think is the NFC champion this year to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? If you had to pick, go. Um, I probably pick between the Packers and the Saints. Yeah, Packers or the Saints. Packers and Saints. I like it. So the Packers. I mean, just the fact that they've kind of. I mean, they had a great season last year, right? They they make it all the way to the NFC Championship game against us, and uh, you know, it just wasn't it didn't go their way. Of course, you know, it, it, they had to overcome that loss that they had that we uh, gave them earlier in the season, and uh, you know, it was just a tough little roadblock for them. And now they've really t- taken that next step. I feel like, and uh, their offense is hitting on another level. Their defense is taking that next step. They're hard to beat right now, especially with Aaron playing the way he is. No doubt. It looks like their defense is creating turnovers. 
Uh, Amos is is totally living up to that contract, it looks like. I was with him in Chicago when he was still kind of coming up, but that guy's worked so hard and made a name for himself. Uh, but you nailed it. They look like a more complimentary football team, a little more like you guys did last year, and uh, that's why you represented the NFC. What about um, moving over to the AFC? Do you think anybody has a chance to beat the Chiefs, maybe anybody you guys have played, uh, anybody you think would take the AFC by storm and represent them in the Super Bowl? Uh, the Chiefs look pretty dominant right now, but if there's one team to give them a run for the money, I feel like I picked the Bills. I put, you know, I put my money on the Bills. There, they look, they look yeah. really, really good right now. Josh Allen's had an outstanding season. You know, been up there in the talks of of the MVP combo, having a new receiver under his belt with with Stephon. They gave us that work when we played them, and uh, unfortunately, it sucks to say that, but uh, I think their their defense is pretty darn good and. Just the way that the offense is humming right now, they're they're going to be one to watch. That's awesome. And just for your information, sidebar here, Josh Allen, a graduate of this show, we interviewed him this past off season. Look how things wow. went. His trajectory, um, uh, his trajectory is going up. Yeah. So Fred Warner, you think your career is going well now? Just wait till <laughs> next season. All right, that, that's all I'm going to say about that's it. All I need. Football is in full swing, and the push to the playoffs is on. Every Sunday, don't miss the NFL on CBS for some of the biggest matchups because it's time for the contenders to separate themselves from the pretenders. Can the Chiefs repeat or is someone else ready to dethrone the champs? The journey to Super Bowl 55 is sure to be filled with many twists and turns and you can watch it all unfold every Sunday on the NFL on CBS. In a recent interview, you mentioned that you look forward to coming back 10 times better. Um, You have... I'm sure some personal goals and team goals. I'm sure you guys have your exit meetings and all that going on as someone on the outside, explain the culture that John Lynch and coach Shanahan have created in San Francisco and why you're so excited to be there, man. They just, they've just literally created such a, such a tight knit group of the right people. You know, the whole organization, players, coaches, personnel, everybody's just, Everybody's just good people, you know, and not to say that there's not good people all over the NFL, you know, but I I haven't seen anywhere else where it's this tight knit of a group, especially with, you know, there's other things than just playing football in the NFL, right? There's people trying to feed their families and and, and get paid and things like that. But uh, this is, is such a first class organization. Kyle is one of the realest coaches I've ever had. And, you know, as a head coach, that's that's big. And to be able to stand in front of a group and, and command their attention just by being yourself, it uh, you know it means a lot. And have total respect for him. Uh, love our our defense, the way that we we compete, and the the culture that we have of just of just going out and hunt and hunting on game day. You know, is we don't do a lot, but we're gonna do it fast. We're gonna do it physical. You know, we just have smart players. So I just I just love being a part of the organization and, and part of this team. That's great. And then, you know, um, if you've worked at a job, you need some sort of like character reference, right? And you put somebody's number down there and usually they try and get somebody who's like not a family member, but somebody you've worked with or whatever. So for Coach Sala, who's going on all these interviews, if I'm the GM of the Chargers and I said, hey, I'm, you know, Coach Sala listed you as a reference for him in this interview, Fred Warner, I'm going to call you up and I'm going to say, what does he bring to the table can he be a head coach? What are you going to say to the owners and GMs when they say like, hey, what separates this guy as a person, as a coach? What impact has he had on you? And any particular story that you have that you'll always remember that that helps reinforce what you believe about coach? What would that be? What would you tell that GM? 
man put put it on the spot man that's 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 a good question uh <laughs> you know he um man i have i have the utmost respect for coach sala and the way that he handles himself he knows exactly what he wants out of out of his players out of his out of his coaching staff uh you know every year we we go into you know that that training camp and we he goes through his you know the things that he expects out of us and as a defense what we need to uphold and anytime we don't meet that, he's not afraid to call you out on it during in, in the middle of the season. But he never does anything in, uh, you know, in a in a in a rash manner. You know, he's just he's such. It's funny because he's such a mild mannered person, but on game day he just explodes and turns into this, you know, this yeah. this passionate. <laughs> every, the one the guy that everybody sees on television just pumping his fist and and screaming. Yeah. So, um, you know, but he's he's believed in me since day one. I remember coming in on my visit. Uh, my my uh, my thirty visit with the with the team, and he brought me into his office. And every other team was kind of trying to tell me what I couldn't do, right? Like how I played in space, and I wasn't really an off the ball linebacker, wasn't physical. And he brought me into the room and told me everything I could do, you know. And he was the guy that said, "Yeah, I have you up here in this range when it comes to being drafted," you know. And I, that was news to me because I, you know, every other team wow. had been telling me uh, I'm going to be over down here this way, and. Uh, you know, he believed in me and he, he showed me exactly what I could do on tape, how he saw it translating to our defense. And and now you see that today, uh, you know, and how it's come to fruition. And, um, you know, he's he stayed with me and, and held it down the entire time. And I know he he's such a smart, such a smart individual and, and uh, he's such a great teacher. So I know he'll be able to translate perfectly into a head coach. Wow. That's, I mean, that's the story we love because you named it. I mean, he's, he's honest, he's fiery when he needs to be, he's got emotion when he needs it. Um, you know, he'll shoot you straight. He'll hold people accountable. Th those are all the things that you want, uh, in a head coach. And most importantly, you talked about what you can do. He, he, he explained to you what he sees you and how he sees you in his defense. So he's projecting positivity into your future. And that's what you want, right? You want a coach that, that gives you some belief that you have some trust in so that's incredible we wish him the best obviously i know you don't want to see him go but uh i appreciate you sharing those stories i want to go back to uh when you were uh, a younger guy your mom raised you and your little bro troy warner who's coming out in the draft this year um, but you said your mother laura is the most inspirational person in your life considering she raised you and your four siblings all by herself if you could explain some of the impact and and the emotions, uh, I'm assuming she was at the Super Bowl. She obviously watches your games, attends those games. But when you look her in the eye after this amazing, successful story that you've become because of her hard work, what are the emotions that go through your mind at those during those moments? Um, you know, just just like such gratitude for what she was able to not only give me but give my my siblings. And you mentioned Troy, who's who's coming out into the draft this this year. And to to say we had she raised two uh young men who are going to be NFL players, or one's an NFL player and one's soon to be. I mean, that's that's a huge accomplishment. Uh, you know, that's not something you see every day, and um, that's a credit to her and her the way that she worked and uh, sacrificed for us. And like I said, just gratitude. You know, I love her so much for what she was able to uh, do for me. And, and I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for her. You know, I, she's given me every opportunity uh, and every bridge to get to where I'm at.
That's incredible. And then your little brother, he's with Athletes First. He's going to be down here in Orange County training for the NFL draft. So are you going to be down here like helping him out? Are you going to be heckling him? Are you going to be giving him little extra assignments to do? I mean, how do you, what's your guys' relationship like? I can't wait to see this unfold, but what, what am I in for? Give me a preview of what it's like between uh, Fred and Troy. Man, you're, you're in for a handful. That's for sure. <laughs> he's uh <laughs> No, that's my guy. You know, me and him, we're only a year and a half apart in age. And uh, we've been, you know, attached to the hip for, for forever. You know, obviously we had to go our separate ways after leaving college. You know, he followed me, followed me on, into college. You know, we spent uh, two years together there. And, you know, it's just been amazing to watch his growth. And um, I know how the draft process works and having somebody that's gone through it to just kind of bounce ideas off of or ask questions about. I mean, it mean that means a lot. And, I, you know, obviously I'm willing to give him everything that he needs and happy to do so. Um, really excited to watch him and his growth in this. Uh, I know how it is and he just needs to remain focused in this in this uh, process. You know, so I will be training there, but at the end of the day, he's got to make sure he remains focused on the goal. The Warner Brothers, that's going to be tough to trademark because I feel like there's another Warner Brothers, but yeah. we'll figure out a way to get it done. Maybe a cool logo for you guys. You guys potentially could be back together again in the Bay Area. Have you talked to the staff have you talked to the gm have you talked to lynch like hey man this kid can ball or are you just like no don't bring him here he's my little shadow get him away from me. <laughs> no that'd be a dream that'd be a dream come true if we if we did uh, end up together cool. but you know obviously that's in the hands of uh, the higher ups I, I don't have any say in that but you know i have i have said a few things yeah. to to john and them uh about him asking them what they think and uh you know we'll, we'll see how it unfolds did you guys talk about playing in the NFL as kids or was it like college was the spot or, hey, man, you know, who knows what's going to happen? But d did you ever have those discussions? Uh, I don't know if we ever talked about playing together in the NFL. I mean, that was that's just like so crazy of a thought, like especially when you're young to even think of something like that. Uh, you know, even back when I was small, uh, Division One was just such a like such a far away thought because nobody had ever done so in our family or just in our close circle. Uh, so just continuing to. Uh, be the first to do so and you know like I said like that'd be amazing if we were able to play together we've we did a deep dive thanks to Scotty um, on your background youth football started at the age of seven um, a lot of the coaches you played for became your mentors and father figures people you still are in contact with today and your brother Troy was quoted as saying we didn't grow up with much but I think football was a way for us to feel like we had it all. To me, that means when you step in between those white lines, it doesn't matter what kind of baggage you come with. It doesn't matter how, what car you drove up to the field with. Once you're on, you strap up the cleats and the helmet, then it's a meritocracy, right? What have you done for me lately? What can you do on this field? That's kind of what it meant to me. What, what did those words mean to you? Uh, I think you hit it spot on, uh, Troy's. Troy said it completely right. It, it, every time you step in between the white, you don't have any worries or any any thoughts about what's going on outside of that. You just literally get to go out there and have fun, run around with pads and cleats on and play ball. That doesn't care who, who you are, where you come from, your background. Uh, it just matters. It cares about what type of work you put in and, uh, you know, the passion that you bring when you do step in between the white. So, you know, that's, I think that's kind of how he put it. And what about, so you're a man of strong faith. You went to BYU. You attend the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You told somebody 
at uh, your ward at an early age, you said, I want to play Division One football and I want to play in the NFL. And a BYU alum from this ward contacted BYU and the coaching staff about you. And that eventually led to your scholarship after you had already been offered by New Mexico. Boom. Then you get this BYU scholarship. Then SC comes along and you just gave us a <laughs> stiff arm. You didn't even give us a chance. Um, oh, no. But that's okay. And now you're up there with the likes of you know, the Detmers, um, Steve Young, uh, Zach Wilson, who we'll talk about in a minute. But what is, what is your faith? What does BYU mean to you and how you've got to this platform in the NFL? Uh, where does BYU sit, uh, you know, in your hierarchy of, of people and, and the church that's helped you get where you are today? Oh, it's up there. It's up there with everything else. Uh, you know, I think there's, there's, uh, there's steps that you have to take to get to the point I'm at right now. And that's right up there with, with all of them. Uh, I'm, I'm, so grateful for BYU and the opportunity they gave me to, you know, receive a scholarship, get a degree, and and ultimately play, uh, play football at a high enough level to be drafted in the NFL. So, so grateful for, to them. Uh, Got to shout out uh, Brad Corbett. He's the one that was in in my ward who uh, believed in me. He's been a family friend my entire life. Uh, you know, love him to death and. I think everything that's happened, everything happens for a reason. You know, I never look back and think, oh, I wonder what, what happened if I went to SC or, uh, you know, just different things like that. Uh, <laughs> well, I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I did get SC a chance, too. I, I took an official there. They were going through a coaching change with Sarkeesian and, uh, and things like that. So it just didn't work out. That was actually my dream school growing up, though. So I will say that um, it was cool to just even have uh, their attention. But. Uh, ultimately, I think I chose the right decision because it brought me where I'm at today. Steve Young, 49ers, legendary player in the NFL. Like, have you talked to him at all since you've been a 49er? And were you nervous or did you try and play it cool? Like, hey, what's up? Go Cougars. You know, like, <laughs> what do you say? Oh, man. He uh, he came and talked to us, uh, the 49ers. Uh, it was last year, I think during the playoffs or maybe maybe week 17. I can't remember exactly. It was one of those like key games, right? And Kyle brought him in to talk to the team. And I remember coming up to him after the, the the speech and he, you know, I was like, hey, man, go Cougs. He's like, hey, you're, you're a guy. You know, I, I appreciate you representing, uh, you know, BYU. And you got to just keep keep your head down, keep going, keep grinding. And I was like, yes, sir. You know, it meant a lot coming from, you know, a guy like him who's been a legend here and at, at BYU. No doubt. And, and I feel like, um, you know, we talked about this at the beginning when, people start to recognize you. It's one thing where people in the media are like, hey, this guy's good. But then when it's, you know, players on your own team, but then you start getting your opponents, right? Your peers, those are the ones who voted you number 70 in the top 100 after last year. I mean, those kind of things are really important. That's when you know, like, hey man, what I'm doing is working. I just got to keep at it. So I love that Steve said that to you. If you're going to pay it forward to, to this young kid, Zach Wilson, where do you see him? Obviously, I'm assuming you watch some of his games. He is an electric player and fun to watch. He's got a little bit of that Manziel kind of like playmaking ability, but he's so sharp and so accurate. Um, man, he's going to be fun to watch. Where do you see him going? Have you talked to him at all? And obviously, I'm assuming you root for him. Oh, absolutely. And I think he came in right as I was leaving, uh, you know, and him and my brother are, are good friends. And um you know, I've really enjoyed watching him this past season. Just all success is is well deserved, well earned. Because you know he went through a hard time where he was uh, dealing with some injuries, and 
uh, was getting a lot of a lot of slack from you know the fan base and the media, but he came in this past year or this past off season and, and really dialed in, uh, put the work in, and it and it showed. And so I'm really excited for what is to come for him. I know wherever he lands or ends up, it's going to be amazing to to see because I mean he's got all the tools you would want in a in a franchise quarterback, especially with how the game's going and uh you know towards that that mo- that mobile quarterback and the the playmaking ability of Zach and the competitive. Uh, of him, I, I think he'll do great. That's awesome. And then for for people on the outside, seeing so many guys slip up when they're 24 years old, playing in the NFL, you get some money in your pocket. In the past, we've seen so many guys make careless decisions, make mistakes with their finances, as well as their career. I mean, how do you stay grounded at such a young age while your stock is rising so rapidly? I think just, you know, just remaining humble, knowing that it's never just me who's able to do the things I do. You know, I put my faith in God and uh, wouldn't be able to do everything I do if it wasn't for him. Uh, You know, I have a great uh, group around me in terms of my family, uh, my friends. I surround myself with the right people. You know, I think that's what allows me to just, you know, stay exactly where I need to be. And what about some impact from NFL vets that you've been around? Somebody that came to mind for me was Quan Alexander, but guys who helped you feel more comfortable and confident in the way you carry yourself on and off the field. Any other guys like that? Or, or um, you know, you, you obviously have a relationship with Quan, but anybody else you watched when you got in the league, like, dang, that guy gets it. Look at how much time he spends on his body and working out and stretching and whatever it is, cold tub, hot tub, whatever. You know, look at this guy. Look at the way he studies. Can, can you name a couple of those guys that you've kind of patterned your routine after? Uh, yeah, well, Quan was a, was a huge part in my development, you know, as a young guy, him coming in and just bringing that swag and that, you know, just kind of bringing that out of me, just that, like that dog in me, that, that was, that's something that I can't thank him enough for. Um, you know, and I think another guy, uh, Malcolm Smith, uh, Super Bowl MVP, you know, that's, that's a guy that I'm forever yeah. in debt to as well, because just the way that he was a mentor to me in my first year as a rookie, I came in and I ended, he was, he was in line to be the Mike, uh, that year, you know, he ended up getting hurt and I was the next in line and I kind of just took it and ran with it. And he never once, uh, tried to put me down or, or not be there for me. He, he literally was right there by my side the entire way. And, you know, that just shows his character and the, that, the type of person that he is. He does, he's done everything the right way. He has a family, um, you know, and he's had lots of success in the league and uh, did really well with the Browns. And they're, they're obviously going to the playoffs now. Uh, you know, so I'm hoping for success to him and can't thank him enough as well. Uh, Bobby Wagner was a guy I studied in, in college and continue to, to try and pattern my game after and to see him kind of giving me some respect and uh, some, I, it's literally just like, I can't believe it. You know, it's kind of surreal just to have a guy that I've looked up to for so long. And that's kind of just like my big bro now. Like he, you know, I can text him or call him whenever and, and he'll pick up and we just literally just chat it up, bounce ideas off of him. And it's, it's awesome. Were you a little nervous to talk to him? Cause you go see him twice a year. The first time you guys interacted, how did that, but did you just straight up ask for the digits? How did that work? <laughs> like, nah, yo, bro, nah, give nah. me some advice. What's your number? No way. No way. He, um, <laughs> I forget how we even exchanged numbers. I think he ended up like, uh, telling me happy birthday on Twitter or something or, uh, something like that. And so that we just ended up just kind of chatting through that. And, you know, we've, we've chatted after the game before, especially this, this season, um, 
you know, in the past, I, I might have come up to him and been like, hey, man, respect your game a lot. And it's just like a quick little brief encounter, but it's grown since then. And uh, so much respect for him. And he's another guy who's not afraid to uh, really, you know, give uh, give you any type of like tips or, uh, you know, bounce ideas off of. Because some guys are just like, ah, you know, I don't want to give too much away of, of uh, my game and, and trying to say at the top. And But he's I mean, he's one of those. He's not he's not afraid to share um you know and that means a lot to me let's see look at that you know people slide into other people's dms as a form of respect so we should there all just go. keep that in mind yeah to keep things in perspective <laughs> <laughs> um are there any other like uh charity things that you're involved with um you know websites groups anything that that's worth mentioning that that you'd like to get out there we're happy to uh to talk about it i don't have any foundations i've started yet you know i i I've been trying to think of exactly where I, what I want to do uh, in terms of in that area. I do yeah. so many different things with the Niners to try and help out wherever I can. Um, for my cause, my cleats this year, I did one uh, honoring my my little brother. He has a cruda chat syndrome, um, you know, and it's it's something that's wow. super rare. It has to do with like your your chromo the, the chromosome um, makeup when when you were born and. It's it's just one of those things where it's not talked about a lot. It's a very rare disease, and I mean he's a healthy, smiley little yeah. baby. Uh, little baby, he's just just about two two years old, I think now, and it's uh, something I try to just raise awareness for. And it actually ended up being something that was very uh, impactful for all different families who are going through that because no nobody ever talks about it, and so they, it meant a lot to a lot of families. Oh, that had to be great that you uh, raised some awareness that way. That's. That's awesome, man. And then if you could fast forward, you know, 10, 12 years, hopefully after a long, illustrious career, a few Super Bowls, maybe some MVPs, defensive player of the years, just your whole, you know, office is going to be full of all these awards and accolades. But what are you going to do when football's over? Are you going to go? Are you going to join the church? Like, are you going to go? Did you go on a mission, by the way? I didn't no, even ask that. No, I didn't go on a mission. Um yeah, are I'm you gonna? Not, do you have to go on a mission later? No, no, no. You you don't gotta go on any mission or anything oh. like that. So, um, but I I have oh, tried to right. figure out what I would want to do after football. Uh, possibly what you're doing right now. You know, just sitting in a chair <laughs> talking yeah, to a mic. You know, that's not that's not a bad gig right there. But uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, you know, I just play as long as I can and then can do whatever I want. Come on, man! You got you got it all going. You got your charismatic guy, good football player. You're well spoken. You're ready to roll. What do we want to call your podcast? The Warner Brothers podcast. Warner you Brothers, and your bro. You yeah, can just have Troy come on. Yeah, yeah. Warner. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. I can't wait to catch up with you down here in Orange County. Thank you for doing this. Also, last minute, and uh, we'll go. Uh, we'll go grab a nice dinner out here maybe we'll let scotty come maybe we'll let troy come uh, we'll maybe see. we'll invite bobby wagner via direct message <laughs> who knows you know we could have a whole party but best of luck to you stay healthy enjoy your off season and uh, we'll catch up with you soon thank you so much all right thanks mark appreciate you like share subscribe uh at mark underscore sanchez at fourth and forever instagram twitter all that you know where to go thanks again for having us and we'll see you soon